Welcome to the Darkness Dwells podcast, episode 48. I am your host, Jason White, and uh, I think I can hear somebody breathing. It's the shape. No, <laughs> no, it's Michael C. Schutz. Hello, everyone. It's the it's the thing on the doorstep. Yes, lurking. <laughs> lurking and stalking. So <laughs> lurking on your computer. <laughs> so, so how are you doing, Michael? Boy, I tell you, last night I thought it would be a good idea to have a entire pizza, an entire pizza for a midnight snack, <laughs> and while it tasted good, after an entire night of dreaming that I had the plague, I woke up to a sour stomach, to uh. use the the nicest euphemism. So I'm dragging today. I am really dragging today. So do you think you'll ever do that again? <laughs> yes. As a matter of fact, after we're done, I think I'm going to go pick up some taco shells and have tacos for dinner. I, uh. I, I don't learn my lesson. No. You know what? A lot of us don't. <laughs> you know, I think it's the, it's the creative mindset. You know, we're like, well, that was so bad, I'm going to try it again. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the human uh, human nature, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you give us an island of food and we'll, f- we'll fucking eat it. <laughs> you know, I just I love eating. I love food. I love spicy food. Oh. Yeah. Gosh, uh, you know what? Speaking of spicy food, I was at work the other day, and uh, 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 the place I work at, they like to do things around the holidays, and because Easter's coming up, they had this uh, sort of like a piecemeal uh, uh, lunch, and so you have like like that bacon stuff, uh, I think it's called piecemeal, um, in between buns, and now that was delicious. But what they had on the oh, side... that's an, that's an actual thing. Is yeah, piecemeal? I think so. Oh. I, I could be wrong, but it, it's almost like bacon. It tastes a lot like bacon. Is it I, back bacon? It was well. <laughs> I hear that's no, a Canadian thing. Is back bacon? No, I don't think it's back bacon. But uh, okay. anyways, it's uh, it's it's thicker than back bacon anyway, and and a lot more uh, tender. But uh, anyway, yeah, we were eating that, and they had this hot sauce. All right. Now, <laughs> I'm not really uh, one for hot sauces, and uh, like what I mean by that is I've to me when somebody says hot sauce, I think barbecue sauce. Oh, <laughs> so I thought maybe people no. were getting creative, uh, creating hot sauces here. So I was thinking, okay, these might be hotter than the average barbecue sauce. So I'm gonna try number four, which was the mildest, right? I took a yeah. sp- I took a spoonful of it and mixed it around my uh, burger thing and I went to the table and started eating and once I got to the sauce oh my god man I thought my mouth was on fire I ser- my face started going <laughs> red I was sweating I thought I was going to die at one point because it was the the the, the spicy uh the hotness was so intense it see that sounds like a good meal to me no <laughs> no see that was an experience <laughs> that was that was something to get a uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it was funny. the mildest one. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and I was using my uh, paper towel to wipe off the sauce I put on. And <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure they're all looking at me like I was a freak because I'm I'm kind of new there, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm never, never you'll, gonna. You'll have like hot sauce packets in your in your locker and everything. Yeah, I'll become an addict. No, I I don't think so. <laughs> Next time uh, they have hot sauce, I'm gonna uh, stay clear of that shit. Uh, now you I know, know every every few months I get this intense craving for uh, buffalo wings. There's yeah. this place we have here called uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Used to be used to be BW3s, but they have like 25 different sauces, and and the hottest one is called Blazin, and it's uh-huh. so hot that in the uh, the restaurant that I originally went to back in in Madison, Wisconsin, I was in the bathroom washing up my hands, and a couple college kids came bursting in and stuck their heads underneath the faucet saying, oh, we tried the blazing, we tried the blazing. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I get I get a craving to that place. And meanwhile, oh, you you just finished a plate of that yourself, and you're like, what? <laughs> I, I could... I worked my I did work my way up to the blazing a couple times, but uh, it was ungodly. I mean, it's just... There, there was one guy who works at my place who who t- chose the number one sauce, which is the hottest, and he like put two uh, spoonfuls on his burger, and he was eating it away like there was nothing to it. Yeah. I, I'm like, what the fuck are you? Are you human? <laughs> <laughs> Do you go home and like stick burning coals in your mouth and chew on them too? Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> So that was my experience with that. I can't do it as much as I used to, though. You know, know. with with age, my my stomach gets upset. Whereas, you know, I used to have that proverbial iron stomach. Yeah. uh, Not so much anymore. I got to slow it down. I was worried it was going to upset my stomach, but it didn't, thankfully. But what it did do is... That's surprising if you were sweating. You said you kind of broke out in the sweat. Oh, I did, yeah. But it did affect me. It it burnt. Let's just say it burnt coming out. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. I was like, "Oh I my god!" That. Now, now I, I, I was like, "Now I know what they're talking about when they say they shouldn't eat that taco sauce <laughs> or that hot sauce in the tacos." Right? I'm like, it's terrible. It was, it was terrible. It was like, oh, oh. never again. <laughs> All right. So, uh, but you'll, you'll have to keep me updated because we started this by saying that human nature—we never learn our lessons. So, no, keep no, us no. Updated I, I, I think keep I us posted. Although you know what, they they do have the extras in the fridge, and I, I was the other day I was like thinking of just sticking like my finger in and getting just like a little dollop and putting it on my tongue and seeing. I was like, no. Nope, nope. You know, I read an article that compared hot sauces to um, to like an actual drug addiction because there's a uh, there are certain similarities that you build up a tolerance to it, um, and it produces a very physical reaction with you know like like the sweating and the things it does do that but it also brings a certain amount of pleasure that you can get cravings for well that, was a really interesting article that, that would be uh, along the lines of uh, hellraiser pleasure and in, in pain type philosophy and yeah and I, i'm just a big wimp so <laughs> big softy i i'm just a no it's not softy it's a wimp <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm going to go into uh, uh, who's helping the show uh, and who's sponsoring it. And uh, first up, we have uh, Crystal Lake Publishing. Uh, they've been publishing since uh, 2012. Um, I highly recommend uh, you guys or anybody checking these guys out. They have a, a, an amazing canon 
of authors including Mercedes M. Yardley. She just released two books with them recently. Uh, there's uh, Mark Ellen Gunnels, uh, pa- uh, Patrick Rutigliano. There's there's a lot of uh, really great talent on here, and they have some like uh, classic uh, stuff too. And uh, in our news and uh, new releases, uh, I will have uh, a pretty exciting uh, a new release from Tales, or let's <laughs> gave it away right there from Crystal Lake Publishing. So stay tuned for that, and. Uh, uh, we also are sponsored by Audible.com. Audible is uh, an audiobook store, uh, online store at that. Uh, it's digital downloads. Um, go to www.audibletrial/wheredarknessdwells, or sorry, not where darkness dwells, just darkness dwells, and uh, and sign up for your free membership. That free membership will give you one credit, and that credit gets you a free audiobook. And you can pick any audiobook, and their library is extensive. I've been a member of uh, this this service for a very long time, and I, I can't recommend it enough. And I'm going to recommend a book for you. I haven't heard it myself, but it does sound really good. And it has an awesome rating, and it's called The Night Gardener. And this is written by Jonathan uh, Oxier, I think. It's narrated by Beverly A. Crick. And it is 8 hours and 49 minutes of unabridged audio. And this is the short synopsis. The Night Gardener follows two abandoned Irish siblings who travel to work as servants at a creepy, crumbling English manor house. But the house and its family are not quite what they seem. Soon, the children are confronted by a mysterious specter and an ancient curse that threatens their very lives. And so that sounds... uh, Sounds like a lot of fun. fun. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that is all for uh, for our sponsors for now. Um, I think we should uh, dig into the show. What do you think, Michael? That sounds great to me. I'm excited for this one. Yeah, because we're going to be talking lots of good stuff this week. We talk about one hell of a movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy that you chose this one. Yeah, it was. uh, yeah, it was interesting. Let's just say that. All right, let's. Uh, I think you got more than you bargained for. Would that be a fair statement? It would be a fair statement. Let's just say uh, <laughs> rotting corpse slime is just not my thing. Well, and and in all fairness, I don't think you a person can be uh, fully prepared for the experience of necromantic. No, even though you know it's going to be gross. <laughs> but yes. we'll we'll get to that in a minute because you don't realize that it's actually a love story. But we will talk about that in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're gonna we're gonna start this thing off with the news, and then we'll, we we will uh, we will head into that movie. So you were telling me that you had something 
that you want to talk about in regards to uh, the Hellraiser remake? Yeah, I have just a little update that I found on Dread Central about the new Hellraiser. Uh, a few pieces here. One is that its official name will be Hellraiser Judgment. Yeah. There was some talk that it would be called Hellraiser X Judgment, like the like the Jason X, like uh, the, you know the Friday the Thirteenth in space. Mm-hmm. No X, no X on that one. Um, and it's going to be directed by I'm going to get this wrong, but it's Gary Tunicliffe, okay. who was the uh, special effects um, guy from Hellraiser Three on forward. Hmm. So he's been with the franchise for a really long time, but this is going to be be his first time writing and directing. And the other piece of news about that is that it won't have Doug Bradley in it. No. I don't know if we... I think we talked about that, and I don't know if we said that he was with it or wasn't with it. No, but they... they yeah, Doug they, they asked him, and he uh, denied it over some legal issues or something like that. Yeah, in this article on Dread Central, it sounds like uh, they had a bit of possibly a little falling out, maybe some some hurt feelings or something. Maybe, but uh, I don't know. They have a new uh, kind of a new pinhead look, which doesn't look all that different to me. It's not as it's not as interesting as this one. Uh, I saw like a, a screen test sort of shot of this this new pinhead makeup a few years ago yeah and i thought they would eventually go in that direction but uh it, it looks like it looks like good old pinhead so we'll see okay. yeah i'm really looking forward to that and i hope it uh it comes through to completion um i i'm actually a fan of the the hellraiser uh, we've talked about this before but you know i like all the hellraiser movies except for maybe the last one um but you know all, all the movies that they've made, uh, they at least have an interesting concept, even though they're not supposed to be technically Hellraiser films because that's what they weren't written to be. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, they're still interesting, compelling, and dark stories. You know, I feel that way, just like you with Hellraiser, and also with the Halloween movies. You know, sometimes they kind of stray. Yeah, but. I think they're they're always pretty interesting, even even on their own. And if no, if nothing else, they're entertaining. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, unlike some of uh, the other franchise movies, where you get to those uh, uh, those parts like part seven, part eight, or whatever, and it just makes you roll your eyes because it's so so god awful. <laughs> Man, that uh, Jason goes to hell was one terrible fucking movie. <laughs> you know, I went to I went to the damn theater to see it, oh, yeah. and I thought it was pretty decent back when I was a teenager. But I watched it again a few years ago, and that's just that's a that's, that's a piece of piecemeal with hot sauce on it. <laughs> it. It left a bad taste in your mouth, eh? Yeah. <laughs> that that was like me with uh, Jason what? Takes Manhattan because uh, the title should have been what happened in the film and it didn't <laughs> not really anyway i remember that film very fondly as oh, really? well i don't know if it would would hold up but back when i was a, a kid and i rented it i liked it a lot uh, i might not at this point you never know i watched jason x the other uh like about a month ago and it, i thought it was a lot of fun but that one that one has a lot of uh, uh nostalgia for a lot of people 
And uh, yeah, and it's yeah. just just fun. and it has that Michael Cronenberg uh, cameo. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, David Cronenberg. Or is it yeah. David? I yeah. don't say Michael. It's David Cronenberg. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely in the beginning there. <laughs> That's he's he's always awesome. What the hell's his name? I can't ever remember if it's David or Michael. Isn't it's David. Weird? Yeah, it's David. It's, it's David. I always see Michael Cronenberg. I don't yeah. know. Maybe you okay. want. Maybe you want to be him. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't? I could. I could do a lot worse. <laughs> I could wear his skin. Okay, now you're getting creepy. Too <laughs> <laughs> creepy for darkness dwells. Creepy. No. Uh, all right. So. Uh, I have a little bit here. Uh, did you get a chance to see The Witch at all? No, not yet. Uh, I went and saw it uh, close to its release date, uh, so f- two or three weeks ago, and uh, it's pretty good. I liked it. Um, I can see why there's a lot of hype. Yeah, there's there's a lot of hype for it, and I can see why. It's uh, it's a good film, but uh, it's... Uh, it's already got a, a release date for the uh, home video DVD and uh, and uh, Blu-ray, and that is uh, that will be on May seventeenth on uh, on Blu-ray, uh, digital HD and DVD and all that fun stuff. And that's from I can't wait. Day. And now that it has your seal of approval, you know that kind of dispels any doubt that I had. Like, well, is it going to live up to the hype? <laughs> it, you know. There's some people who said it was it's sort of like Mad Max. It was the best damn horror movie they've ever seen. Um, yeah, I heard that a lot. I uh, I don't know if I'd go that far, but it is really well done, and uh, there's some truly creepy elements to the movie. And uh, one thing I really liked about it was the uh, the setting because there's like so much dread in this film because. Uh, uh, this pilgrim family living out in like it's very isolated. They live out in the middle of nowhere and they're trying to survive. They're trying to uh, grow enough food for the winter and it's not looking good. It's just it's not even like the witch. It's it's just living. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of things going on in that movie and it's it's a it's a really awesome thing. And the ending is just like wow, <laughs> I loved it. Cool, cannot beat. All right. Uh, have you ever? Do you, you don't read comics at all, do you? I don't. No. I never got into. Well, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I'm I'm not really. I've tried a few times, but uh, I'm not really big into comics either. Um, but have you ever heard of the uh, uh, the series called Preacher? Yes, I have heard of that. Well, it's becoming a new AMC show, and they uh, have a release date for that now. Finally. Uh, the premiere is going to uh, come on, uh, obviously on AMC, uh, June the fifth. That's why I was stuck on June, ah. A- and uh, it, it's uh, that will be its regular spot, it, so long as it's successful. <laughs> and it will come on at 9 p.m. It doesn't say if that's Eastern Standard Time or not, but but there you go, June the fifth. If you're interested in watching uh, Preacher, I, I actually bought the uh, the first. Uh, um, the first uh, volume of uh, of the comics uh, to read for this, and uh, and uh, maybe discuss it on the show. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. I will definitely tune in. Yeah. I like the obviously I'm a big fan of of AMC. What with uh, The Walking Dead, and and I finally sat down and watched uh, Fear the Walking Dead 
Oh yeah, which I really loved. So. Oh, you like that? I did. I, re- I really liked it. because we miss we miss that uh, that section, you know, of of how the zombie apocalypse came to be. Yeah. You know, The Walking Dead starts, you know, after all that. Yeah. So it's really great to see that and from a different perspective and with different characters. You know, I was hesitant, but oh, I just I really liked those uh, six episodes. Interesting, because uh, it received a lot of mixed. Like I haven't seen it myself. But uh, it, it, it did receive a lot of mixed reviews that I saw, anyway. There's a lot of people who really didn't like it <laughs> on Facebook. Yeah. And yet and, they, uh, they continued to tune in every week. <laughs> see, that's the thing. You know, yeah. Bad press can be, you know, there's no such thing as bad press, yeah. the whole thing. But uh, I don't know. See, I was apprehensive because I just, uh, I, I like the characters of The Walking Dead. And... I can't speak for anybody else, but if I weren't to like it, it would it would have been because it was too different. Yeah. You know, so taken as its own thing, I thought it was was quite good. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that because I don't always finish uh, a series that I start watching, but I always I'm always interested in see what seeing what they do with uh, material like this. So that will be exciting. Uh, did you have any other movie news or TV news? No, I I don't. Maybe uh, I've forgotten, but I don't remember anything now. <laughs> all right. Um, okay, where was I here? Um, all right, going into the uh, uh, book releases, uh, I wanted to mention... Um, actually, you brought this up to me about Crystal Lake Publishing. First off, I'm going to mention that they released uh, within the last week, I think it was the 11th of March... Uh, Tales from the Lake, volume uh, is it? It's yeah, volume number two, and this one has like uh, stories from the likes of uh, Jack Ketchum, Ramsey Campbell, uh, Lisa Morton, Tim Lebin. Uh, this thing is just jam packed full of uh, uh, Richard Chismar. I mean, this thing is really full. It's an all star cast. Yeah, very much so. So. Uh, I read the... I, I was praising this on the last episode, I think, and I'm going to do it again because the first one really kicks ass. You should probably go out and uh, and uh, pick up yourself a copy. And uh, there's something else. You said that uh, Joe uh, Meinhardt from, uh, uh, from Crystal Lake Publishing uh, made an announcement today on his Facebook page. Yes, um, author J.S. Sorry, I'm going to mispronounce your name. J.S. Brokalar is uh, publishing her new book um, with Crystal Lake called Alethea, coming out later this year. Awesome. Um, she wrote American Monster that got uh, just tremendous reviews. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that, that'll be really uh, interesting to check out. Um, I'm always like... I, I'm always, to me, she's somewhat of a new author, but I'm always excited to check out new authors who are, especially if they're being praised, because then you get that little tingle of excitement. Yeah. yeah. You might find the new, you know, the next really awesome uh, author. (laughs) That's how, that's, that's such a great feeling to, to do that. You find somebody that you hadn't known of before, and it's like that little light goes on, opening Pandora's box, and. Yeah, you read this all one book from them, and you're like, this is fucking incredible. <laughs> and then you yeah. go and eat up all their other books, and I love that. All right, so uh, from uh, Deadite Press, 
This actually came out, uh, I guess, March 1st. I think it was the physical copy that came out first. Excuse me. Uh, and then the uh, the ebook came out later. Uh, but it didn't come to my attention really until uh, early last week. And that is The Complex by Brian Keane. And uh, uh, Brian Keane really doesn't need <laughs> much of a, uh, a description upon who he is. But uh, it's really exciting that he's come out with a new book. Um, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to reading it, so uh, you should check it out too. And uh, what else do we got here from Dark Fuse? Now I know I, I mentioned this one uh, last week, but I'm going to mention it again because I'm not completely sure I, I mentioned it. And that is The Woman in White by Kristen Dearborn. And also what came out this week is The Winter Box by Tim Wagoner. And that is Dark Fuse. Nice to see them publishing fairly regularly again. Um, oh, yeah, I like that title, The Winter Box. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, from, uh, what's the name of this? Dark Minds Press, I think it's called. Now, this guy also writes for, uh, yes, it's dark from Dark Minds Press. We have a, a new novel, or sorry, novella, from Gary Fry. Uh, Gary Fry has written the majority of his books, I would say, for uh, Dark Fuse. But uh, this one, he's gone with Dark Minds Press for whatever reason. And uh, there is a small possibility that Gary Fry will be a guest on the show, so stay tuned for that. Um, oh, I hope so. And this book is called What They Find in the Woods. And uh, I'm going to, at least if nothing else, talk about that book at some point. Because uh, I've been talking to Gary Fry on, over on Goodreads, and uh, and so hopefully I can get him on the show. And uh, from Cemetery Dance, now this is me being uh, lazy and missing out on certain things. Because <laughs> I, I didn't realize these guys were uh, publishing. Actually, I'm pretty sure I checked recently and didn't see anything, but I checked today and there's like three things here I haven't seen before. So, um, actually four things. Maybe even five. Well, there's a lot of stuff that they're pub that they published like last month on February 10th, 11th, by Peter Atkins, and uh, uh, he published with them Stacy and Her Idiot, The Return of Boy Justice, uh, Big Thunder, uh, Moon Town, and Morning Star. All those from. Uh, uh, from Cemetery Dance Publications. Let me double check. Yeah, Cemetery Dance. And there's also one more that came out more recently. Uh, oh no, it's same date, February the 11th. And this one's from Brian Hodge, and that's Dark Advent. So if I didn't mention those before, there you go. <laughs> I mention them now. And uh, I've been plugging this book a lot because uh, Jonathan Jans is an awesome writer. And from Sinister Grin Press, he's uh, released Children of the Dark. And uh, before you could pre-order it, but now it's out, so you can just go in and buy it from uh, Amazon.com. I'm sure it's available everywhere else as well. So that is the new releases. Sounds good. I did want to throw in one one little tidbit. It's not a new release yet, but for all of our writers out there. My publisher, Burning Willow Press, is putting together an anthology, Crossroads in the Dark Urban Legends. 
So you have two months to get a story together, and please visit burningwillowpressllc.com for more information. And uh, I'm going to try to whip something up myself and turn that in. <laughs> what, what, is, uh, what is the uh, type of story they want? They want uh, want your own take on an urban legend. Cool. Um, yes. So think up your your twisted urban legends and and get them out there. <laughs> and uh, spe- speaking of anthologies, um, we also uh, Michael and I we both have a story coming out in the same anthology. And that is Beasts, and uh, the release date for that, for sure, is April the 18th. And uh, I, d- I didn't even know that. April 18th. That's awesome. Yes. And uh, it's two volumes. Uh, both Michael and I appear in the second one. And uh, I can't wait uh, until the world reads this, because it's, it's packed full. It's another all-star, uh, except for maybe me. <laughs> No, no. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of great writers in this, and uh, I think uh, Keith Shago and everyone at Media Bitch did just a fabulous job in putting this together. Yes, Keith's a great guy. I'm glad to glad to be in this. We have another another Jack Ketchum story in, in uh, one of the volumes, I forget which. Uh, it's in with ours, number two. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. All right, so we're going to take a quick break here, and when Michael and I return, uh, we will be dis- discussing some very disgusting things. <laughs> a very romantic tale. Michael, uh, <laughs> we'll be I back. I do it for you, man. I do it for you. <laughs> we'll be right back. With unmatched success since 2012, Crystal Lake Publishing has quickly become one of the world's leading indie publishers of horror and thriller books with a mystery and suspense edge. With stories, interviews, and essays by the likes of Wes Craven, Neil Gaiman, Jack Ketchum, Ramsey Campbell, Kevin Lucia, Jasper Bark, Mercedes M. Yardley, Mark Allen Gunnels, and Clive Barker, you'll want to dive right in. Crystal Lake Publishing www.crystallakepub.com Like Darkness Dwells? Well, why don't you help out the show? The easiest way to do so is to sign on to your iTunes account, rate and review the Darkness Dwells podcast, and we will forever, forever love you for it. And as always, thank you for listening. 
<laughs> All right, <laughs> welcome back, everyone. Um, so this week, uh, the movie choice was mine. And, uh, you know, have you ever made that decision? And when you're halfway through watching the movie, you're like, why did I choose this one? I was, uh, yeah, I really can't wait for your reaction. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Necromantic. Now, this one, uh, this one is a, a foreign film. Do you know where it's from? Germany. Germany, right. Uh... It makes sense now, doesn't it? <laughs> it makes a lot more sense, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, well, okay, it's... Uh, oh, hang on, I'm clicking on the wrong thing here. It's a 1987 film, and uh, it's director. It's directed by... Now, I'm probably going to butcher his name. Uh, I'm going to say Jorg uh, Butgreet. <laughs> it's written by... Jorg Butgreet. Yeah, and uh, it's written by the same guy, along with uh, Franz Roddenkrichen, or whatever his name is. And sorry if uh, to you know my butchering of names. <laughs> I sometimes get them right, most times I don't. And then sometimes not. <laughs> <laughs> it stars uh, Burned uh, Daktari Lawrence, <laughs> uh, Beatrice Manowski, and uh, Harold Lunt, and. Uh, it is perhaps, you know, after, I remember when we did uh, Inside, I I put the movie on cringing, thinking I was going to be disturbed, and yeah. I, I found myself having fun more than being disturbed with that one. This one, however, was a little bit different. Uh, the movie... <laughs> the movie is well, about... Well, thank God we didn't do murder set pieces, right? Yeah, well, it wasn't that level like uh, of, like, to say, having a child being tortured or, or stabbed to death. This one, it grossed me out. Like, grossed me out. <laughs> Just like, like the little warning, you know? It yeah. has that little introductory warning that it's, quote, grossly yeah. offensive, which there is, is kind that, of a little yeah. wink-wink, nudge-nudge. There is that. Like, this movie is gross. Just so you know. <laughs> We're just putting it out there, and it is. It's about a, a street sweeper who cleans up after grisly car accidents and whatnot, and one day he brings home a full corpse for him and his wife to enjoy sexually, but he is demayed, or dismayed to see that his wife prefer, prefers the corpse over him. <laughs> That's got you know that says a lot right there about your marriage. <laughs> yeah, well you know what. It it, it 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 must be said that in in a very perverse way, this yeah. is kind of a love story. And and until she decides to abscond with the body and and leave him, they did share this together. You yeah, know? they did. And very, they, I mean, they did. You very, know, very, they were and and she liked the little uh, remnants that he kept in the jars and everything. She was yeah. right there with him in, in his collection. So that's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, sweet actually, and, and incredibly weird. Yeah, well, the movie way. the movie starts off with a car accident, and right right away we're 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 given a hint of what this movie is going to be like. Now, this isn't anything close to what grossed me out, uh, but the car accident is pretty graphic. Uh, you got a guy with in in the driver's seat, I think, uh, <laughs> whose eyeballs like sticking out on his cheek. That actually reminds me, this whole scene reminded me of something from my childhood. Now, let me explain here, because uh, the woman, she's outside of the car, she's 
I guess, was tossed through the windshield, and she's been torn in half, and her intestines are, like, all hanging out and everything. And the the street sweepers come up, and they start, uh, you know, cleaning up the whole mess. And uh, you meet uh, the main character. Uh, what's his name? Robert? Robert. Rob. Yeah, he, he picks the eyeball... <laughs> off the dude's cheek and like pockets it <laughs> and it's like what the fuck but you know knowing what this movie is you're not really all that shocked but uh the memory it brings back for me is uh when we were a kid there was a cat that was hit by a car uh just down the street from where i lived and uh, it was hit so hard uh must have been a truck or something that it flew a good uh, i guess maybe 10 feet off the road and uh, it kind of rolled down into this gully where there's a where there's a creek, and it was just kind of like on on this rocky sort of shore, and uh, its eyeball was hanging out on its cheek, and its intestines were all hanging out too from its stomach. It was like a mess, and me and my friend we were like you know that poking dead animals with sticks. Yeah. Well, we were poking at this cat with sticks, and it stank, and uh, it just reminded me of that that scene. God, did you have like like a traumatic flashback? While no, no. This movie. Oh my lord. I was like, oh my god, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is something actually. I remember. Death. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I remember this uh, because it was just such. It's just such a strange memory from from childhood, because people. People have mentioned, you know, poking, you know, little boys poking dead things with sticks. And I was actually one of those little boys <laughs> poking a dead thing with a stick. Except this thing was like, uh, uh, like, it was seriously gory and nasty. And we were, like, fascinated by it because of, uh, well, we're kids. We didn't really understand what we were poking at, right? Or why we were yeah. even poking at it. But it was really, like, the curiosity of death and, uh, uh, you know, and uh, what's inside, I guess you could say. Um, it was just a, a weird thing. <laughs> just a weird little memory that that brought up for me. <clears throat> but I like it when uh, when Robert gets back home. Uh, you, s- you see him pull out the eyeball. Actually, first you see the uh, the big jar of eyeballs that he already has. Now, Yeah, it's quite a collection. He has a collection. All kinds of stuff. Yeah, not just eyeballs. He has, like, hearts and uh, uh, other organs. I don't know if he had a brain or not, but he should have. He had a hand. I know that. Yeah, a hand. But he, uh, a lot of just clumps of tissue. Yeah, these <laughs> <laughs> unrecognizable clumps of miscellaneous. But the tissue. funny, the funny thing about the, the the eyeball is like he touches the 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 jar full of eyeballs first, and then he puts it back, and then he pulls out a brand new one because the the one he was going to put it in is full, so he has to start up a new one. <laughs> so he drops it in a brand new uh, a brand new uh, jar. So. Obviously, this guy has some uh, very sick uh, interests <laughs> in the world. And, you know, that's that's reflected because a little bit, just a little bit later, um, after that scene, he's, he's watching this television show that's about, um, like, violence and desensitization yeah. and, and phobias, which I don't really know where the phobias yeah. uh, relate in this movie, but... But there is a little bit of uh, a hint of different pathologies and things that that are probably going on in him and his wife. Yeah, which is that was an interesting sort of look inside uh, the mind 
uh, I guess you could say, um, there is a lot of that going on because at that same moment, he's watching TV, drinking a beer. That's when we see the weird rabbit thing happen. And, yeah. uh, that was unfortunate. Like you can tell this is real and anybody who's listening, who hasn't watched this movie. And if you're, uh, if you're sensitive to animal violence, like real animal violence, then you might want to skip this. Or at least when the guy starts watching TV, <laughs> uh, turn away because <laughs> yeah, and you know I made I made a point of that in my in my notes too. I don't like that. No, uh, I, I and didn't like like, that like you said, you can tell that it's real. I mean, with the the date of this movie and, and it's, it's foreign, um, yeah, foreignness. You yeah. know, I mean, it's you know they did, and and I don't like that. No. And and you know what? All those classic cannibal movies, they do that shit too. Yeah. You know, like Cannibal Holocaust. You yeah. know, you, you think it's like oh, all these scenes of, of cannibalism, but it's like loaded with like like Cannibal Holocaust. You've got three separate scenes where they rip apart these animals just yeah. to make it all extreme. I, you know, I don't like that. Yeah, but I I, I disagree with that too. That's I like uh, actually it's a good, somewhat of a tie-in earlier when I was saying I like my four footed friends better than uh, the two legged yeah because uh well you know i love animals and <laughs> most horror fans actually do have a a love for animals and so i guess well yeah, like you said this is like an aged thing uh, an aged movie too it's from 1987 it's from germany so they have different set of morals i don't i don't think that they can do that anymore but but back then they they could if they wanted to but yeah so they i'm gonna describe it anyway because i'm a prick <laughs> Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't, the only thing I can think of what this point, the point of this was, was he's watching this about what you were talking about, you know, uh, uh, desensitization, uh, of like violence and, and phobias and all that kind of weird stuff. And he's thinking about death. (laughs) He's thinking about this rabbit. Maybe he was a kid and watched it. I don't know, but he's watching this rabbit get its throat slit. And then you watch it die slowly, and then uh, the rabbit is immediately hung upside down and skinned. And uh, fuck, for all you know, the little rabbit's even still alive <laughs> for part of that. But uh, yeah, it's very disturbing and hard to watch. I had to look away. <laughs> but that's not and that's not what disturbed oh, me sorry. about this film. Like it, I, I knew it was coming because I've read about this, right? And once I saw it, okay, I watched it a little bit out of curiosity, and then I turned away and I was like, oh. But I kept looking back, you know. It was like that car crash that you just can't pry your eyes from, even though you don't want to see what's in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It 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 has that. There's a. Um, I did a little bit of of research um, for this movie, and and the director. Jörg Bucherite, he said in an interview that he, he he never intended to actually be a film director and that this movie, Necromantic, um, was, quote, just a film to rebel against the German film rating system, trying to shock as many people as possible. Yeah. So it, it was kind of an, an experiment and, and that. So he definitely succeeded on, on that score. I mean, this pushes the boundaries of, of good taste. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's it is disturbing. It's done very cold heartedly. I mean, it's done in the manner of you know somebody preparing their meal. Um, you know what I mean? So uh, you but, mean the rabbit? Yeah. So specifically, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's it's being butchered 
Yeah. I mean, you know, technically butchered, you know, like like farm animal yeah. preparing for a meal. I mean, that's that's what they did, yeah. But at the same time, because you see the rabbit crawling around on the ground like a pet, and it doesn't look like a... It looks like a domesticated it, rabbit, honestly. Yeah, it's not a wild rabbit. It, yeah. It's this, this cute little fuzzy... Yeah, I, it's definitely like as a pet rabbit, not yeah. like a jackrabbit in the wild. It's not a wild rabbit; it's a domesticated rabbit, and uh, and you see the guy; he's like smiling. They're talking; you can't hear what they're saying. And then next thing you know, he's going into the act, <laughs> like like nothing, right? But uh, yeah, so so that was weird. But I, I honestly, I think the point, if there was a point for that, was to go inside the mind of, of Robert, and uh, this is pretty much what occupies his mind all the time. Yeah. And that scene is um, counterpointed with because it, it shifts really, really abruptly from him watching TV, and while they're showing the the rabbit butchering, he's at work and he's he's picking pieces out of one of the bodies. <laughs> you know, not like I mean, they don't do autopsies, but it's that kind of thing. He's just picking up pieces, just pulling out this bill from yeah. from this corpse and just like saving them. Yeah. So I think I think that's what we're supposed to take from it is that human life to him is is no more than than just an animal butchered for food. Yeah. I think exactly. It's it's it, you can still have your fun with it once they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe that's the point too. I don't know, but uh, so the big uh, curve of the story happens next. There's this guy out hunting. And he accidentally shoots somebody in the neck, and, well, the guy dies, right? And I guess it's a little while later when... Uh, oh, you know, I am so stupid. I didn't put those two scenes together. No. Well, I, at first, sitting here, I was going to bring out... Now, what was with the, the apple picker guy that got shot? That just went nowhere. <laughs> yeah, that oh. that's, that's funny, too, because he's up in a tree picking apples, and there's this hunter out there, and he thinks he sees something. Not even a hunter. It's just a guy in his backyard playing with his gun. Oh, okay. right. I thought he was a hunter. I thought there was a purpose. I don't think so. He was just like... <laughs> He was just like sitting out there. Like, he's probably <laughs> drunk. He's like he's like yeah. your, that neighbor makes you nervous. Mm-hmm. He's outside drunk and shooting at things. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's one of the neighbors from the burbs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, so yeah, he gets shot in the neck and dies. And it's a little while later. I don't know how long. A couple of weeks at least. Uh, Robert and his team comes up to it. Now, I kind of missed. How did? He, how, how exactly? Did he escape with with the whole body? Because I know they come in, they got their garbage bags and everything, and they they wrap up the body, and you can see it in his eye. He wants to take this thing, right? <laughs> yeah. But how does? Oh yeah, that's how. Because they left him behind. Yeah, he, they left him in charge of of the van to take it. Yeah, um, that was it. Apparently, yeah. there he, you know he didn't want the body, and <laughs> they didn't they never noticed that it was missing. But yeah, he had the. Yeah. the opportunity to take it. And he takes it. <laughs> and he brings it home, and he, he brings it to his wife, and he's like, I got a, I got a present for you. Oh, now, she loves her present. Oh, God, does she ever. Um, oh, w- when we're introduced to her, she's doing something pretty nasty, too. She's, like, in a bath, sort of like, uh, you know, Elizabeth Bathory. <laughs> it's a bath full of, I guess, blood? I don't know, body parts maybe chunks of flesh or something it looks like a stew yeah stewing herself it's disgusting this is where i started to get disturbed and grossed out (laughs) because uh, 
you know how many how much bacteria is in that and how many bad things like you know not only that but did you notice that the the street cleaning crew it's hard for me to say when they were they taking the body out of like the swamp or what whatever where the neighbor hit it they have their little little hazmat suits or whatever but they're not wearing gloves they don't wear any gloves <laughs> That's true. Because I mean, I guess this is 1987 in Germany. No gloves, and then the, you know they're pulling this. And let it be said that the guy brings home a corpse that is just the most disgusting corpse that he could choose. It's not just a dead body. The yeah. thing is rotted. Yeah, the and thing so is, these people are pulling it out with no gloves. And in the next scene, they're in the back of the truck. All of them are touching their face. Yeah, they, they've got their head in their hand. They're scratching yeah. their eye and they're biting their nails. Oh. <laughs> God, that was disgusting. It's repulsive. And oh. I, I love that because you're right. They're wearing the hazmat hazmat suit like, uh, you know, uh, costume, but they don't have anything for their face or their hands. And, like, uh, it's just weird. But, uh, yeah, so he takes the thing home, introduces it to his wife, and she gets all excited. And, uh, and well, they pretty much get to business right away. <laughs> now, this is where it gets interesting, too, and gross. Um, I, I like the broom handle, first of all. It's, yeah, well, it's metal. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. But, what the hell? And they, they I, don't, I don't know how they fashioned this, but they ended up screwing it into where the private parts would be of this corpse. And uh, they put a condom on it. <laughs> they put a rubber on the metal pipe so that she can fuck the corpse. And does she ever? She goes nuts, and so does he. he like, they're both getting into it. Oh, they love it. Now, this part kind of made me gag. There's another part that made me gag. But this yeah, part, but... because of the guy. The guy's, like, licking at... He has a thing for eyeballs, obviously, because he's licking yeah. at the... Uh... A lot like Headless and, and Found, didn't you think? Yeah, well, that was a whole, like, uh, head fetish thing going yeah. on there. <laughs> Every Anything that's involved with the... Uh, <laughs> with the head was free reign in that movie, <laughs> including what's attached to the neck. More, more like head fold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, yeah. What really grossed me out was he's like lick, not just licking. He's sucking at the eyeball, and there's goop coming off of the body. It's like, yeah, dead even flesh when, goop. when he presented it. To to his wife, it had that slime on it, yeah. and they're like rubbing it, and oh, then they started rubbing yeah. each other's faces with the with the corpse slime. Uh, Ugh. Yeah, awesome. that's like making me want to gag now, <laughs> just remembering it. I think I blocked that part out honestly because that's that's repulsive. There's another part in the movie after they're done making love to it. They're keeping it in I think their bedroom, <laughs> and they got the <laughs> limbs. Hey. They tacked it up on the wall. Yeah, that's it. And they got, like, plates beneath its limbs to catch the uh, the drippings of the rot. Ugh. That, uh, just thinking of it now, I, I want to I wanna, I wanna gag. Ugh. And, and obviously, one would, one would think that that's what she's going to bathe in later. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, that's just it, right? Cause we saw when we meet her, we yeah. see her in that bathtub full of gross stuff. And you just yeah. know she's probably collecting. Like, how? Exactly. <laughs> like, okay, I understand. I, I really do understand uh, the interest or the obsession with death. But this movie takes it to, like, serious extremes. <laughs> you know, and that's a... Uh, 
it, it should be noted that that's an original composition during the, the uh, Sex with the Corpse scene entitled Menage a Trois. And it's <laughs> the genius of this movie. Why I, why I honestly love this movie is because it's, it's really romantic. I mean, it's, it's shot and, and with the music and everything. It's meant to be... It's, I mean, it's not meant to be. It's not really romantic. But, I mean, it's staged that way to give you this, this idea that, that this couple is really into it. You know, yeah. it's not it's not shot and and everything like a horror movie scene. You yeah. know, it's it's tongue in cheek is what I'm trying to say. But oh, it's tongue in cheek, yeah. romantic, not not horror. Which I mean, it's just really brilliant to think to do that. Yeah, it's, I agree. It's but weird. I I agree, but I was afraid for a second there that you're gonna say something like uh, at the heart of this movie, it's really a love story. <laughs> honest, honest to God. Honest to God, that's in my notes because I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, <laughs> you know, know what? Tongue in cheek, though. But but yeah. I have that in it there. Kind of, it kind I of say. is, yeah. So and uh, it, it is a story of true love, you know, until she fucking dumps him. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that was where things turn in the movie because uh, the people at work were his uh, <laughs> his street sweeper crew. Uh, they don't like him because he's kind of creepy and understandably so. <laughs> Which like they're not. I mean we don't we don't see them being creepy. Yeah. But well except for that one that brings porno videos to give to his uh to his coworker. I mean yeah. like they're all really well adjusted people, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> they pick on him. <laughs> which and and the director is one of them. I don't oh, know which one. I didn't know probably that. the boss. Yeah. Who probably. was really kind of gross and disgusting that looked like like the role that a director would, would give himself. So yeah. I think that's the director. That could be. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Um, yeah, so he... It's really stupid reason to lose your job. He... First of all, he. I guess he doesn't clean his uh, hazmat suit. Or he leaves, like... Uh, anyways, it stinks in his locker, and they're bitching about it. And they go and bitch to the boss, and they're like, All right, he's gone. <laughs> yeah. Just like that. So uh, he loses his job, and he comes home, and he's all... I lost my job, and you know, dedicated wife that she is, she's like, oh, really? And the next day, she's pretty much <laughs> leaving him. Yeah, she just ups and ups and leaves with the corpse, and it, <laughs> he, just, he just looks at the at the damp spot that the body was hung on. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh. That is so wrong. <laughs> so... I don't know if we really want to like the ending to this movie. I don't. I don't think. I don't think we should review what it, reveal what it is. <laughs> it is but, so over the but top. But what though. about that ending, right? Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's so over the top. Like this. Is, oh my god! This is where you, it, it stops being uh, disgusting and repulsive, and it just well, it, it technically it still is disgusting and repulsive, but it, it sort of bridges the gap and goes into a sort of comedic edge, I guess, because I was laughing. I don't know. Were you? Laughing? No, I was, I, you know, and I forgot about it. Just me and my fucking memory. I forgot about that scene between when I first watched this movie and when I watched it again this morning. And I'm glad I did because I had the exact same reaction. Which, you know, my my mouth actually dropped open like it does. You know, it's, oh. yeah, yeah. You know, if I was a cartoon, it would have slammed on the floor. It's just oh, so not laughing, but just. 
Oh, utterly I, shocked. I at laughed. This. But just shocked. To oh be my honest, God. I had that. I had that jaw dropping moment too. I was <laughs> like, "Oh my God!" Like, uh, "Oh my God!" Was, uh, and then you just start laughing because it's so. <laughs> it's like what the fuck? This well, is it's so like, fucked it's up. It's like you know? three different three different aspects of that, which I said <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to reveal it, so I can't. But there's the the initial image, yeah, and then there's something that happens, yeah. and then something else happens. <laughs> Oh, I mean, this is really this this. You can, you have to be into this kind of thing, into this extreme mindset. Uh, you you have to be like sick enough and have the right sense of humor and everything. But it's it's genius in its own way. Yeah, in its own way, this movie is brilliant. Yeah, and that that part really, it's sort of like uh, the whole movie is a bit of a build up, I think, to that scene. And you got to wonder if maybe they didn't think of that scene first and had a good chuckle over it and then said, well, what would bring a person <laughs> to do that? And uh, and then they came up with more disgusting stuff. <laughs> I always thought the, that's, a, that's really interesting. I, I, I didn't feel that way. I, I kind of thought that about the menage a trois scene, that they probably yeah, had that idea. that could have been And then too, built everything yeah. around that, but I can, sure. I can see that. That, that ending image being the one because yeah, it's it's, it's epic <laughs> yeah <laughs> i remember after i watched it i posted that i watched it and and i think my my comment was uh so that happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, that sums it up yeah pretty much so uh what would you rate this one okay so i give necromantic five dweller heads wow absolutely hands down but but it's not five stars in the way that Citizen Kane is five stars. It's yeah. not even five stars like Poltergeist or Found is five stars. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's on a different kind of scale. You know, I was I was thinking about this. It's 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 five stars in kind of a, a gore slash extreme horror movie sense. It's it's the the Michael Schutz gore and extreme scale. Yeah. It's, it gets an MSGE. Rating of five <laughs> is, is how I yeah it's that good but in its own world yeah I would give that ending a five to be honest with you <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know like the rest of it it didn't resonate well with me too too much so I I'm, overall I'm going to give it a three yeah you know I just I thought that it held together as a whole movie except for what what I found what I just I just didn't understand was when he was in the field towards the, the ending, and he has that yippee moment where yeah. he's just like, he's skipping down to the field, waving his arms in, in joy, like, yippee, yippee. That I didn't get. Yeah. I didn't get that one fucking bit. Yeah, there's... But the rest of the movie, I thought it, it held together well, much better than, than something that, because usually in cases where... You know something this outlandish. You can tell, like you were saying, that it's the idea, and then they had to build up a structure around it to make the idea plausible. But, but I thought that this held holds up as as a, a narrative better than it could have. Oh, you for know, sure. I just, like uh, I think it holds up too. It's just, uh, it's just like well, the acting is uh, well. It, it's it's questionable, <laughs> but uh, there's a few parts where there's no acting really neat. Well, actually, that's not true. Because if you're making 
love with this corpse thing. You, you kind of have to pretend that you're into it, right? And they do that quite well enough. <laughs> but, it's interesting because the because the the female lead is listed as Beatrice M. You know, like she didn't want to actually put her last name on it. Yeah. Well, maybe she wanted to go somewhere with her career. I don't know. Honestly, I would give her a role (laughs) because she did that. Like, if I was a movie uh, person, maybe. But uh, it's just, you know, I always wonder, well, how people make the decisions to he's writing the script but yeah. I, I suppose this is kind of a thing where they were probably all friends and they knew the guy and say like, I want to make this movie yeah you know? probably yeah. But, but one reason why I gave I gave it a three is because uh, well I, I gave um, I gave Inside 3.5 and uh, honestly, is that all you gave Inside? yeah I'm pretty sure Sorry about that. That sounded yeah. like that sounded like a, a thousand different demonic voices screaming at once <laughs> That was weird. What was that? That is uh, that is this really really cheesy death scene. That, uh, as a matter of fact, since I brought it up, I'm going to share it on my site if anybody's interested. It's like the worst death scene ever that you can possibly see. <laughs> that sounded. So I'm putting that up on my Facebook. It sounded pretty horrific. <laughs> and I get the sound on it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, oh yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I only gave Inside 3.5. Yeah, I did because uh, there was a couple right. of plot holes in there that I didn't like. Oh uh, yeah, with the cops and that. But you know what? Overall, I had a hell of a lot more fun watching that movie, and I enjoyed the acting and everything else. It was just those plot holes, and yeah. I don't want to rate. I really don't want to give Necromantic a higher rating than that movie. So, so it has to be three, unless I move up. Uh, <laughs> I move. I think uh, you should move up inside. I could move up inside but, to four, you know, and then maybe make Necromantic three point five. Yeah, but yeah, there you have it. Uh, would you recommend? I honestly, it? I honestly think that Necromantic is either five or like zero. I don't know how you can be middle of the road. You know what? There is that aspect, yeah, because, well, the ending itself is so, like, very amusing. It's epic. Yeah. I think that's what you said, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's very that. epic. <laughs> oh, my God. And, uh, I can't believe they made a sequel. I haven't watched it yet, but no, I, have to, I have to watch Necromantic yeah. 2. I have to watch it, too. So would you recommend it? For, for a certain person, you know, yeah. for a certain kind of person, you know? Yeah. If, if you've watched grotesque if you know you've ever heard of august underground or the guinea pig series then you need to watch necromantic but if you're you know you know if you if you like like real movies you know, <laughs> if you're christian you mainstream, know, it's i can't i can't really recommend this yeah to a we, widespread audience you, yeah. you know you have to be you have to be weird and demented and like this kind of shit you know yeah I, I would honestly, I would, I would recommend it to the same person if yeah. they haven't seen it. They were like, "What's this necromantic?" I'd be like, "Well, it's one of the most disgusting movies out there. You got to see it." Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. recommended uh, to that person and people like us. <laughs> yeah, but not not like my mom. I'm not gonna. Oh, no, it's this great movie. <laughs> I think it might kill my mom. So. <laughs> Oh, All right. that was fun. That was fun. All right, so um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take another break, and when we get back, uh, we'll close. We're the gonna show. have a menage a trois. No, <laughs> <laughs> we got a corpse, folks. No, 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 no. <laughs> if it's a corpse, it better be a fresh one. Three. Did you 
against the wall. You heard him. Back it up. Don't make us put some pain on you. Pain? How dare you use that word? He's got pins in his head. What you think of as pain is only a shadow. Pain has a face. Allow me to show it to you. Gentlemen, I am pain. think is is it for the show this week yeah so that happened <laughs> yeah I, i'm still like ready to gag i don't know <laughs> i don't know I, I i love it i do you know i i like the idea of it but just seeing them like licking the slime off that corpse is just oh, and then that the, the guy sucking on the eyeball really did it in for me i almost puked I know, I'm ready for tacos, so... <laughs> <laughs> if you saw an eyeball in your taco, you'd probably shrug and just keep going, eh? <laughs> yes. Yes, I would. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I don't know why I'm inventing this persona for me on Monday. Well, we all know, Michael, you have, you have bodies in the basement. So <laughs> 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 I don't have a basement. Oh. Oh, well, I guess the park thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, <laughs> so where can they reach you online, Michael? Well, you can reach me on Facebook at Michael Schutz Fiction. Twitter is Schutz Fiction. And my website is www.michaelschutzryan.com. Um, I'd love for you to come and say hi. Yes, and uh, definitely check out Michael's stuff on Amazon.com. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm putting out... I, I haven't put out anything too recently, but I am getting together some previously published short stories to uh, give you all a little bit of a, of a taste. I, you know. I, I read some of your... Those, well, you read... You, you, uh, you published two recently, and uh, I, yes. I got both of them, and I read them. They're pretty... Good. I keep meaning to uh, uh, to review them for you, but I I have a terrible memory. <laughs> See, I thought you just didn't like them. No, I, I love them. <laughs> I especially like the bathroom one. The yes, like faces in the rain. That yes. was uh, yeah, that was that, fun to write. That was a lot of fun to read. <laughs> so, uh, if you want to reach me on online, you can do so at Twitter with. Uh, my uh, tag there being at Jason underscore white 74 and uh, you can catch me on Facebook uh, if you want to look me up on Facebook look up dark fiction don't look up Jason white you'll find a sea of Jason whites and you won't find me in there <laughs> <laughs> but if you look up dark fiction on the Facebook search bar you you will find me I 
I think I pop up first. I'm not sure, but that's that's the name I sort of gave myself when I signed up for uh, Facebook at first. <laughs> so every any time people try searching for me, they always have a lot of trouble because of that. <laughs> but uh, if you want, probably a lot of whites out there, huh? There's a lot of whites. It's almost like being a Smith. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and there's a, there's a surprising number of Michael Schutzes out there, too. Really? Which I would think would be really unique. It would be more of a problem to uh, get my name wrong and not find me then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually surprising to me, too. I mean, it's a, your name is, is German, right? Yes. And that's why you're so good at pronouncing those names earlier, where I butchered them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you had uh, th- maybe that's why I like the movie so much. You know, it's close to home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, like, I liked how you pronounced their names. You're like, you get right into it, and you say it, and you sound German when you say it. And where I'm like, Blutschkrieg. Um, what's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So if you want to contact the show, you can do so easily by uh, you can visit us on Twitter. And our Twitter tag there is at darkness, or sorry, at darkdweller74. Uh, the email, you can email us at uh, uh, darknessdwells74 at gmail.com. And we'll, we're also on Facebook. You, you can uh, you can check us out. You can like a page that, uh, that we have. And the address for that is uh, www.facebook.com slash where darkness dwells and uh, there's also a group you can do a search for and uh, there's also a website and that is www.wheredarknessdwells so there's plenty of places for you to find us and uh, we would really appreciate uh, you going signing into your iTunes account and rating and reviewing the Darkness Dwells podcast because that helps that helps iTunes uh, feel more obligated to share us with their podcasting community and if you don't know uh, iTunes really is the mother load of podcasting they are the overlord it certainly is. they are the big That's brother yes they, they are the boss the mother and the father of podcasting <laughs> in a sense they control it all basically because of popularity so so there you have it. Uh, you can find us also on Stitcher. Um, you can leave a review there if you want. All right, so that's that. That was a good show. I think we did a good job, don't you, people? Yes, <laughs> applaud. And until we meet again, stay dark, my friends. Stay dark indeed. <laughs> <laughs>